Stand facing the east with our heels together, feet at a 45 degree angle, and holding up two fingers on the right, five on the left. Please repeat after me. Allah. Allah. The Father of the Universe. Father of the Universe. Father of Love. Father of Love. Truth. Peace. Peace. Freedom. Freedom. And justice. And justice. Allah is my protector. Allah is my protector. And my guide. My guide. And my uh, salvation. And my salvation. By night and by day. By night and by day. Through his holy cross. Salvation. Through his holy prophet. Through his holy prophet. Drew Ali. Drew Ali. Amen. 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 Islam, Morris. One announced this meeting is now open. This is the Morris Science Temple of America, Michael Mission 30, Columbus, Ohio. First and foremost, we rise giving the highest praise to the Most High, our Father God, Allah. We extend honors to our divine prophet. Noble Drew Ali for bringing us our divine creed and nationality so that we may learn to love instead of hate. We also extend honors to all the ADEP sheets and all the faithful Moors that make up the Moors divine national movement. We extend honors to the first appointed Supreme Grand Sheik by our prophet, that's our brother E. Millie Ill. We also extend honors to the current uh, Supreme Grand Sheik and Grand Council of the Morris Science Temple of America. And of course, honors to all you faithful Muslims here today. Islam. Brother Jackson Bay, would you please read our divine constitution and bylaws? Islam Grand Sheik, I rise giving perfect praise to Allah and honors to the Prophet Drew Ali, honors to the forefathers and foremothers, and honors to the Asiatic nations and the Muslims all over the world. Salvation, Allah, unity. The Morris Science Temple of America, the Divine Constitution and Bylaws. Act 1, the Grand Sheik and the Chairman of the Morris Science Temple of America is empowered to make law and enforce law with the assistance of the Prophet and the Grand Body of the Morris Science Temple of America. The Assistant Grand Sheik is to assist the Grand Sheik in all affairs if he lives according to love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, and it is known before the members of the Morris Science Temple of America. Act 2. All meetings are to be opened and closed promptly according to Circle 7 in love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Friday is our holy day of rest because on a Friday the first man was formed in flesh, and on a Friday the first man departed out of flesh and ascended unto his Father God Allah. For that cause, Friday is the holy day for all Muslims all over the world. Act 3. Love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice must be proclaimed and practiced by all members of the Morris Science Temple of America. No member is to put in danger or accuse falsely his brother or sister on any occasion at all that may harm his brother or sister because Allah is love. Act 4. All members must preserve the, these holy and divine laws, and all members must obey the laws of the government. Because by being a Moorish American, you are part and partial of the government and must live the life accordingly. Act 5. This organization of the Moorish Science Temple of America is not to cause any confusion or to overthrow the laws and constitution of the said government, but to obey hereby. Act 6. Thus, all members must proclaim their nationality, and we are teaching our people their nationality and their divine creed, that they may know that they are part and partial of this said government and know that they are not Negroes, colored folks, black people, or Ethiopians, because these names were given to slaves by slaveholders in 1779 and lasted until 1865 during the time of slavery. 
but this is a new era of time now. And all men now must proclaim their free national name to be recognized by the government in which they live and the nations of the earth. This is the reason why Allah, the great God of the universe, will ordain Nobu Ali, the prophet, to redeem his people from their sinful ways. The Moorish Americans are the descendants of the ancient Moabites whom inhabited the northwestern and southwestern shores of Africa. Act 7. All members must promptly attend their meetings and become part and partial of all uplifting acts of the Moorish Science Temple of America. Members must pay their dues and keep in line with all necessities of the Moorish Science Temple of America. Then you are entitled to the name of faithful husband. You must support your wife and children. Wife, you must obey your husband and take care of your children and look after the duties of your household. Sons and daughters must obey father and mother and be industrious and become part of the uplifting of fallen humanity. All Moorish Americans must keep their hearts and minds pure with love and their bodies clean with water. This divine covenant is from your holy prophet, Noble Jurali, through the guidance of his father, God Allah. Noble Jurali, founder, Moorish American Prayer, Allah, the father of the universe, the father of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Allah is my protector, my guide, and my salvation by night and by day, both through his holy prophet, Jurali. Amen. Uh, I don't have the, I don't, I don't have my binder with me. The full thing I ran off my phone. So Islam, Islam, Islamism. Happy Holy Day, Muslims. Happy Holy Day, gratitude, brother. Uh, brother Kobe, would you please read the writs? Islam, Grand Sheik. I rise and give perfect praise to our great God Allah. Rise and give honors to the Prophet Noble Juali. Rise and give honors to the forerunner Marcus Desire Garvey. Rise and give honors to all ills and bays, all monsters on the call, all monsters on the planet, to be proclaimed in every meeting. Islam, I am glad to know I have a few faithful moors among you all. I desire for them to know the truth and the divine truth. There is a host of jealousy about me and the movement now by the same people of our side of the nation that claim that I was a joke and unreal. But now since they found out from the government officials and the nations of the earth that this is the only sole foundation that all Asiatics must depend upon for their earthly salvation as American citizens. They are working every scheme that they can to disqualify me so they may take charge of the situation. I have notified all to you long ago in the past. It is through the faithful Moors that attribute to the movement and uplifting funds, the ones that pay their divine respect to me and the movement will be remembered. That is why I'm calling upon all faithful Moors to increase their faithfulness to me, your prophet, and your divine Morris movement. Close the door, fucking, uh, and, can't be right and never before have I needed finance so badly as I do at present, so I can shove aside the discord that is facing the nation. It all comes through jealousy because of my fame and nobility. The nations of the world will not recognize the movement without I, the prophet, being head. It has been proven by my works, which I have performed in the past few years. Prophet, noble Drew Ali. To the members of the Morris Science Temple of America, Islam, this is instruction from your prophet, Noble Drew Ali. Be faithful unto your forefather, divine and national creed, that you will be blessed for your good deeds that you sow in the flesh. Allah is the one that judges the world, and his judgment is on now, but the weak can comprehend it not. The end of times are drawing near, so says Allah to his divine prophet, I know Drew Ali, and that is why many hearts have turned to stone. Many have eyes to see, but cannot see, ears to hear, but cannot hear. At least they'll be confounded of their sins. These are the trying hours now, dear Moors, and every evil spirit is moving, and they are trying to drag out, excuse me, 
and they're trying to drag out every weak mind and over and overthrow and drag out the excuse and overthrow and drag out the true foundation that has been laid and the cause confusion in the minds of the ones that do believe. But if you have the true love of Allah and the spirit of your forefathers, you hear not fear not what you hear or see, but will sacrifice the utmost of your very life to protect your movement and your profit. Watch your enemies, dear Moors. Your enemies are the ones that speak against your prophet and ridicule him to the very lowest. And the ones that speak against your divine and national principles of your temples. Act accordingly and Allah will bless you for your good work. Peace, your divine prophet, noble Drew Ali. Prophet warns all Muslims to be read in every meeting. I hereby inform all members they must end all radical speeches while at work in their homes or on the streets. We are for peace and not destruction. Stop flashing your cards at Europeans. It causes confusion. Remember, your card is for your salvation. Failure to obey these orders will be a severe consequence. We are for love, truth, peace, freedom. When these principles are violated, justice must then take its course. Any member or group of members who hold malicious feelings towards the temple or the prophet or violate the divine covenant of the Morris movement will receive their rewards from Allah for their unjust deeds. All true Moors will and must obey the law laid down to them prophet. If they lose confidence in their prophet, they should turn in their card and button, cease wearing their turban and return to the state where I, the prophet, found you. This is a holy and divine movement founded by the prophet Noble Jew Ali. And if the prophet is not right, the temple is not right. The prophet, therefore, is sending out a divine plea to all Moors of America as they do their part in protecting the prophet and the temple. This is an everlasting movement founded by the prophet through the will of Allah to redeem his people from their sinful ways. Peace, noble Jew Ali, Islam, Islam, Islamism. Happy Holy Day, Muslims. All right, Islam and gratitude, brother. Happy Holy Day. Uh, Sister Lachey L, would you please read our additional laws? Islam. I rise and give praise to the great Father God. Thank you so much. Honors to the Holy Prophet Noble Ali, and honors to all Muslims on the call and all Muslims around the world. Questionary and additional laws for Moorish Americans by the Prophet Noble Ali. Act One: Grand Sheiks and Governors and heads of all temples, all business, each said temple must be approved by the Prophet Noble Ali before acting upon by any members. Let it be finance, property, or any line of life that will cause the members to sacrifice finance, ETC, that will cause the support of any group of members. Any former officer that violates these laws is subject to be removed from his office under a heavy restriction, ETC, by the prophet or the grand chief. Act 2. All members are to attend their EDEP meetings and their public meetings promptly. If a member is found standing around on their meeting period, shall be fined 50 cents on the first case, and on the second, he will be fined $1, which will go on your emergency fund. If a member is working, his monthly dues must be paid, and if he has money in the bank, he must subscribe for as much as he is able to the Morsh uplifting funds because it takes finance to uplift the nation. Act 3. It is the lawful and divine duty of every good member, if he is able in finance, to aid me in saving the nation. And if he does not, he is an enemy to the cause of uplifting his own people and justice must catch you. Let it be he or she according to love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice as I have the power invested in my hands and I will have to enforce the law 
in order to save the nation. Act four, all members while up making a public speech must not use any assertion against the American flag or speak radical against the church or any member of any organized group because we are to teach love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Act five, all members must promptly attend their meetings and send their children to Sunday school. And the teacher must confirm himself to the questionnaire and let every member exercise his five senses who is able to do so because out from your Sunday school comes the guiders of the nation. Act six, with us all members must proclaim their nationality and we're teaching our people their nationality and their divine creed that they may know that they are a part and parcel of this said government and know that they are not Negroes, color folks, black people or Ethiopians because these names were given to slaves by slaveholders in 1779 and lasted until 1865 during the time of slavery. But this is a new era of time now and all men now must proclaim their free national name to be recognized by the government in which they live and the nations of the earth. This is the reason why Allah, the great God of the universe, ordained Noble Juali, the prophet, to redeem his people from their sinful ways. The Moorish Americans are the descendants of the ancient Moabites who inhabited the northwestern and southwestern shores of Africa. Act 7. All members must promptly attend their meetings and become a part and a parcel of all uplifting acts of the Moorish Science Temple. Members must pay their dues and keep in mind with all necessities of the Moorish Science Temple, then you are entitled to the name of faithful. Husband, you must support your wife and children. Wife, you must obey your husband and take care of your children and look after the duties of your household. Sons and daughters must obey father and mother and be industrious and become part of the uplifting of fallen humanity. All most Americans must keep their hearts and minds filled with love and their bodies clean with water. This divine covenant is from your holy prophet, Noble Ali, through the guidance of his father God, Allah. Islam, happy holy day, Muslims. Islam, sister, happy holy day and gratitude. Brother Seymour Bay, would you please read our additional laws? Islam Graham speak. Did you mean the divine warning? Pardon? Yeah, the, the, the divine warning. Gratitude, brother. It be my pleasure. First, I rise and give praise to the Most High, Father of the universe, the great God, Allah. I give honors to our holy prophet, noble Drew Ali, for bringing us a divine creed and nationality. Honors to the forerunner to the prophet, our brother Marcus Garvey, for paving the way. Also want to give honors to all the members of the Moorish Science Temple of America, all the Muslims on the plane, and all you faithfuls in the call. Peace and blessings. A divine warning by the prophet for the nations. The citizens of all free national governments, according to their national constitution, are all of one family bearing one free national name. Those who fail to recognize the free national name of their constitutional government are classed as undesirables and are subject to all inferior names and abuses and mistreatments that the citizens care to bestow upon them. And it is a sin for any group of people to violate the national constitutional laws of a free national government and cling to the names and the principles that delude to slavery. I, the prophet, was prepared by the great God Allah to warn my people to repent from their sinful ways and go back to that state of mind, to their forefathers' divine and national principles, that they will be law-abiders and receive their divine right as citizens according to the free national constitution that was prepared for all free national beings. 
They are to claim their own free national name and religion. There is but one issue for them to be recognized by this government and of the earth, and it comes only through the connection of the Moorish divine national movement, which is incorporated in this government and recognized by all other nations of the world. And through it, they and their children can receive their divine rights, unmolested by other citizens, that they can cast a free national ballot at the polls under the free national constitution of the state's government and not under a granted privilege as has been the existing condition for many generations. You who doubt whether I, the prophet, and my principles are right for the redemption of my people, go to those at no law in the city hall and among the officials in your government and ask them under an intelligent tone, and they will be glad to render you a favorable reply, for they're glad to see me bring you out of darkness into light. Money doesn't make the man. It is the free national standards and power that makes a man and a nation. The wealth of all national governments, gold and silver and commerce, belong to the citizens alone. And without your national citizenship by name and principles, you have no true wealth. And I'm hereby calling on all true citizens that stand for a national free government and the enforcement of the Constitution to help me in my great missionary work because I need all support from all true American citizens of the United States of America. Help me to save my people who have fallen from the constitutional laws of the government. I'm depending on your support to get them back to the constitutional fold again, that they will learn to love instead of hate and will live according to love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, supporting our free national constitution of the United States of America. I love my people and I desire their unity and mine back to their own free national and divine standard because day by day they have been violating the national and constitutional laws of their government by claiming names and principles that are unconstitutional. If Italians, Greeks, English, Chinese, Japanese, Turks, and Arabians are forced to proclaim their free national name and religion before the constitutional government of the United States of America, it is no more than right that the law should be enforced upon all other American citizens alike. In all other governments, when a man is born and raised there, and asked for his national descent name, and if he fails to give it, he is misused, imprisoned, or exiled. Any group of people that fail to answer up to the constitutional standards of law by name and principles, because to be a citizen of any government, you must claim your national descent name, because they place their trust upon issue and names formed by their forefathers. The word Negro deludes in the Latin language to the word nigger the same as the word colored deludes to anything that is painted, varnished, and dyed. And every nation must bear a national descent name of their forefathers, because honoring thy fathers and thy mothers, your days will be lengthened upon this earth. These names have never been recognized by any true American citizen of this day. Through your free national name, you are known and recognized by all nations of the earth that are recognized by said national government in which they live. The 14th and 15th Amendments brought the North and the South in unit, placing the Southerners, who were at that time without power, with the constitutional body of power. And at that time, 1865, the free national constitutional law that was enforced since 1774 declared all men equal and free. And if all men are declared by the free national constitution to be free and equal, since that constitution has never been changed, there is no need for the application of the 14th and 15th Amendments for the salvation of our people and citizens. 
So there isn't but one supreme issue for my people to use to redeem that which was lost, and that is through the above statements. Then the lion and the lamb can lie down together in yonder hills, and neither will be harmed, because love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice will be reigning in this land. In those days, the United States will be one of the greatest civilized and prosperous governments of the world. But if the above principles are not carried out by the citizens and my people in this government, the worst is yet to come, because the great God of the universe is not pleased with the works that are being performed in North America by my people, and this great sin must be removed from the land to save it from enormous earthquakes, diseases, ETC. And I, the prophet, do herein believe that this administration of the government, being more wisely prepared by more genius citizens that believe in their free national constitution and laws, and through the help of such classes of citizens, I, the prophet, truly believe that my people will find the true and divine way of their forefathers and learn to stop serving carnal customs and merely ideas of man that have never done them any good, but have always harmed them. So I, the prophet, am hereby calling aloud with a divine plea to all true American citizens to help me to remove this great sin which has been committed and is being practiced by my people in the United States of America, because they know it is not the true and divine way, and without understanding, they have fallen from the true light into utter darkness of sin. And there is not a nation on earth today that will recognize them socially, religiously, politically, or economically, ETC, in their present condition of their endeavorment in which they themselves try to force upon a civilized world. They will not refrain from their sinful ways of action, and their deeds have brought Jim Crowism, segregation, and everything that brings harm to human beings on earth. And they have fought the Southerner for all these great misuses, but I have traveled in the South and have examined the conditions there, and it is the works of my people continuously practicing the things which bring dishonor, disgrace, and disrespect to any nation that lives the life. And I'm hereby calling on all true American citizens for moral support and finance to help me in my great missionary work to bring my people out of darkness into marvelous light. From the prophet, Islam, Islam, Islamism. Happy Holy Day, family. Islam, brother, happy Holy Day and gratitude. All right, Islam, Moors, um, glad everybody's here today. Um, one of the things uh, we want to talk about today is uh, marriage. Um, we want to go ahead and read from chapter 21 in our Quran, Marriage Instructions for Man and Wife from the Noble Prophet. Um, obviously, this this topic was so important that you have um, not one, but two or three chapters focusing on this topic. You have holy instructions and warnings for all young men. Then you have 21 marriage instructions for man and wife from the noble prophet then you have 22 duty of a husband and really you also when you're going into holy instructions for thy children and the obedience of children towards their father you're also you're still dealing with that family unit so this is of extreme importance um i think even more so now than in the prophet's time which means that once again the prophet was right on time right um i'm sure you more remember uh when Last time when we just Googled pictures of, of our people in the 1920s, right? You still had a large amount of our people um, getting married um, 
children and everyone, you know, with their families. Of course, people dressing nicely, you know, not dressing provocatively. You know, men, of course, weren't sagging their pants, you know, and doing these types of things. And all of these things that we see now and just accept as normal, which are extremely abnormal, this is all because of the breaking down of the family, right? By breaking down that family and making it to the point where marriage isn't even really seen as important or even possible or attainable for many of us, right? They've broken us down or, and you know, I don't even like to really say they, but we've allowed ourselves to sink down to the lowest of lows, the lowest of lows. And so this is why it's time for us to adhere to these divine instructions. All right. And to understand the importance of the unity of the divine masculine and divine feminine. Right. Um, if we look at marriage from a metaphysical perspective, marriage means the union of two states of consciousness. Right. So when you're looking in the scriptures, especially like in the Bible and it's saying marriage, this is talking about the union of two states of consciousness. This is how you create, because remember, when we look at the scriptures, um, we're really trying to see deeper meaning in it. So when the scriptures speak of marriage, they're usually talking about the union of two states of consciousness. Why? Because this is how you create. This is how you create in the physical realm. Just like when the uh, man and woman come together, create children. This is how you bring things into um into uh, or birth things into the physical realities, the union of two states of consciousness. That's even I can't remember which um, which verse that is in the Bible, but if two shall agree, right, on earth, whatever that they agree to, shall be done. All right, so it's 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 insinuated that if two people come together to to pray to you know to to make something happen that their prayer will be answered faster. But in reality, it's telling you to unify two states of mind, right? To create what you want. So that means that, you know, if you're sick and you want to be healthy, you must unify your present mind with being healthy. You can't get on the phone and tell everybody how you're sick and messed up. You're just going to prolong your sickness, okay? So when they're telling you this story in the scriptures, it's codified. But it's giving you this message that you must unify with this state of mind that you want to create what you want on earth. And um, in many ways, if we apply this to marriage and whole with us as a people, I'm not saying that everybody has to get married, especially to be happy. You can be happy and live a great life without getting married. But just in general, you know, this is something else that we must master to create what we want. We don't want to create more gangsters more, you know, more trouble, more problems. So we must begin to master this and we must adhere to these instructions, okay? So um, let's look at some other words from the prophet before we read chapter 21. Just going to Moorish literature, once again, this was so important that the prophet sends marriage law to all temples, I believe this was published in Moore's Guide in 1928. Now, these are words from the prophet Noble Drew Ali. So we're all supposed to be paying attention. 
And um, just reading this, just the fact that he's sending out marriage law to all temples means this is important. It's a part of our life. But all marriage ceremonies and members of the Morris Science Temple of America must be performed by an ordained minister and the head of the temple. And any man desiring to take unto himself a wife and receive our Moorish rites, he must go to the city hall and receive his license to be registered in that city, county, and state. And then it must be turned over in the hands of the aforesaid ordained minister and head of a temple after it has been properly signed by city officials. The price therefore, by, thereby for such administering to man and woman, man and wife will be $5 right? Only man and wife. We're not with that funny business. For all those who have their papers and desire our Moorish marriage ceremony, it is $3. Uh, we Moors cannot marry no one, but we obligate you according to our divine laws and covenant and laws of the land. This must be proclaimed and made known, made known to every temple so that there will be no misunderstanding. There will be no misunderstanding about I, the prophet, and my teachings, because Allah alone binds two hearts together as a unit. These are the marriage obligation, and excuse me, these are the marriage obligations and instructions for man and wife. Chapter 22 from our Quran is to be read first to the husband, and chapter 22 is to be read secondly to the wife. That's what we're reading tonight. These are the instructions of marriage from our Holy Quran. Please obey the laws given to you by your prophet through your governor, prophet, noble Drali. Remember the prophet said, you know, we, we obey, we obey the laws. So you must go to the city hall or wherever you have to go, you know, to receive your license, to be registered in that city, county, and state. Then you turn it over to the minister, the head of the, or the head of the temple after it's been signed by the city officials. Okay. And, um, you know, that reminds me of something. I want to show you more real quick. Let me bring this up because um, I think a lot of people still get things twisted. Um, you know, I, I'm actually I'm sure there's a a good understanding amongst us of you know what the movement is really about, but I just want to I just want to reiterate this so that there's no confusion. Okay, the prophet set us up to succeed. Some people will act like we don't need to, you know, do these things. We don't need to abide by the laws and all that. We should know by now that's not true, right? That's not the way that we're going. We abide by the laws. We build, you know, we, we want to build our own cities and towns and take care of our needs. But we're not out here acting like we're above the law, right? And I want to show you something because uh, I saw something recently and um, I want to be kind of careful in how I approach this, but I want to share something with you, Morris. Okay. So hang on, Morris. Okay, uh, let me get this share screen up. That's right. So we're part and parcel. We're not trying to act like we're separate. 
Um, and if we're going to do that, we at least need to have control over our food, air, and water, right? We don't even have control over those things. They're putting all types of things into the water. So uh, we're not trying to play pretend. But um, just wanted to show you this real briefly. Now, um, I'm going to show this post. This isn't about this person, right? So there's another temple. And uh, okay, so here we go. Um, just showing this to to um, attempt to teach, just to give common, um, just to give understanding to this topic. Now, with the more within the more science temple of America, um, publicly when we meet publicly remember i said that when we meet publicly whether it's the meeting even like online when this is just with us but maybe this is going to be put on youtube later so it's going to be broadcast out to the public we always put the um when we display the flags okay all right the um the united states flag goes on the right and the moorish flag goes on the left all right and I want to explain to everybody why this occurs. Okay. It's, and it just reminded me of that when I'm looking at the prophet telling the Moors to go down to city hall to comply with city state law. This is what we do. Right. So if you see, there's just a comment here. It's got the flags in the proper position and somebody was saying that they're out of order. And um, I just wanted to share the message in here because I think this can give better understanding of people. So just in case anyone's wondering, you think we're trying to sell you into slavery or something crazy like that. We're not. We're following the prophet. That's why we put the U.S. flag in the position of honor as it's supposed to be. Okay? So um, this person had just shared this with me saying, hey, the Morris flag is supposed to be on the uh on the um right which is not right it's supposed to be in the position of honor they even shared this thing where it's saying the flag of honor which is the nation's flag in most cases right is always on the right on its own right right so if you're looking at me holding it it's going to be on my right but you'll see it on the left but it's on my right okay and then if i'm you know representing i'm going to have the moorish flag on my left but the flag of honor will be the U.S. flag. We honor that flag, just as we honor the flag of our ancestors, okay? So I just wanted to explain to that person and also to everyone why we do this, right? So it would be improper protocol. It would even be seen as an act of treason to fly the flags with the Moorish flag on the right. Why, why would the prophet set us up to... to um, be seen as committing treason, right? He didn't. He set us up to secede and to build our nation unimpeded upon, meaning nobody coming to us saying, what are you guys doing? You know, acting like we're doing something wrong. No, we're doing nothing wrong. So even how we talk, what we want to work on to build, to get our land, to build our nation, we are free to do this unimpeded upon because we follow the prophet. So he made it clear 
that we are not striking out against the U.S. government, nor are we saying that we're not citizens of the U.S., right? He said that on the record over and over again, we're citizens of the U.S. We also want to just share actual examples so that just in case anyone's thinking it's the other way around. Now, like me and you personally talking, we can do whatever we want, right? Off the record, maybe we do put our flag first, or maybe we just have our flag. But as far as publicly speaking and representing, especially representing the temple, no. We follow protocol. So um, if we look at Act 4 of our additional laws, right, it states we're not to make any assertion against the American flag. Assertion means the act of stating something or exercising authority confidently and forcefully. So you want to state, you want to act like your flag is the flag of honor. This is Morocco, right? Like, no, that's that's irresponsible. So we follow Act 4. All members while making a public speech must not use any assertion against the American flag or speak radical against the church or any member of any organized group because we are to teach love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. We must adhere to this. Now, some wars will point out the image. There's an image, black and white picture. This I'm about to pull it up where the prophet is in Mexico and he's holding up two flags. And it looks like he has the U.S. flag on the left and the Moorish flag or another flag on the right, right, clearly. But what Moors fail to mention or what they fail to recognize is that he's wearing a sombrero on his head because he's in Mexico. And we're not just guessing that he's in Mexico. He actually was. We actually have an article from the Morris guy where it's saying Trips of the Prophet. The conference that was held in Havana, Cuba, January 1926, was attended, or maybe 1928, sorry, was attended by the Prophet, who went into the conference and connected the Moors of North America back to the Asiatic brothers and sisters in Cuba. All right, and now I'm going to skip on down. The Prophet went to Mexico. May 21st, 1928, and returned June 8th. So he was overseas for a while, representing us as a head of state. Okay, and it says, and held the meeting at the Grand Temple. Oh, hang on, let me skip down a little bit. He uh, can't even read all of these words, but it's just saying that he was, he received the governor's flag and something of Mexico, okay? So it's insinuating that the governor there in Mexico gave him a flag, all right? And so we have the picture of him from when he was overseas wearing a sombrero, holding two flags. He's got the U.S. flag on the left. He's got the flag of honor on the right. And you can't see anything. Just looks like a solid color. It could be the Moroccan flag with the star but you can't see the star. It also could just be a solid color. And what many people don't know is that around that time, like in 1928 in Mexico, some of the officials there used to fly an all red flag, like in defiance of, um, I think in defiance of Spain, they flew an all red flag. And so the article stating that the prophet was given the governor's flag. So he could have been holding the Moroccan flag, but you know, can't really see the star so who knows he could have been holding that mexican governor's flag but either way even if he was holding the moroccan flag he would have been following proper protocol 
because he was in a foreign land representing Moorish Americans. But when you are in the United States of America, you flip it around. But that's that's not all. Let, let's go down. So then there's another image. A lot of people see this too. And oh, see, he's got it on the right. And then the U.S. flag on the left. Remember, the flag on the right is the flag of honor. Okay. They don't recognize, though, that this is in front of a window. Both of these are in front of windows. So when you're outside, people know they're at the Moorish Science Temple of America because they can see through the window the two flags. If you look in the picture, you see the flags are backwards. But if you're on the outside looking in, they're not backwards. Now, the Moroccan flag is upside down, but it's not backwards. Right? The U.S. flag, if you're in the office, it's backwards. It's because he's showing it on the outside. So on the outside, this would be proper protocol. U.S. flag on the right. Okay? And if people want to talk about the fringes and all these flags have fringes on it. Come out, this means maritime laws. Like, come on, man. Get out of here with that. Okay? Not saying there's no truth to that stuff. I'm just saying, man, the prophet flew it. Okay. Um, we also have images from the second annual convention. This is um 1929. This is just a couple months after the prophet made the transition. Okay. Now you can see up here in the corner. Got another picture of this too, but you can see in the corner they got the two flags. Uh not that clear, but you can see the star. That's the Moroccan flag. And then this is obviously the stars and stripes. It's in the proper position. It's in the position it's on the right position of honor moroccan flag on the left that's the second convention emily ill was uh grand sheik and chairman of the more science temple of america he also held a position of supreme grand sheik and he was one of the only ones that tried that, that didn't stray away from what the prophet set up so you know it's you know i doubt very seriously that he was going against the prophet Okay, you can see this maybe a little better. Moroccan flag on the left, U.S. flag on the right. I don't care who is saying do it the other way. If we follow the prophet, we have to follow what um, he set up for us. Then also, okay, there's no denying this. This is the Moorish guide, um, guide article from 1928, and it speaks about the um, Moorish parade at the first convention. The prophet was here in the flesh. And if we read this, it says that on Wednesday at 2 o'clock, more than 3,000 Moorish Americans in Moroccan costumes and each carrying a flag of the nation of their forefathers, which is the Moorish flag, and an American flag on their right. So they're all carrying the Moorish flag on the left and the American flag on the right. Okay? And... um. I just wanted to share that because the prophet was here. As it says down here, the prophet in securing a permit for the parade, he's getting a permit for the parade. Why? Because that's city law. You want to make sure it's done right. And it's secured. Um, he also secured a squad of European police to accompany his car in the parade. Okay. Abiding by the laws, doing things as we are supposed to. It's their job to protect us because we have full rights and privileges as citizens. All right? We're not out here screaming, F the police. Okay? They have a job to do. Until we have our own 
police units. You know, you know, our own people is captain and, and sheriff. They still have a job to do. So um, just going back to that, though, the flag of the nation of their forefathers, which is the Moorish flag, which they all are carrying, and, and an American flag on their right. Okay, and the prophet was there in the flesh. This is 1928. He's not leading us astray. So it doesn't matter what anyone else is saying, you know. And, you know, I know some people may be really ingrained in their beliefs and they don't care. They're going to do what they're going to do. But, hey, if we follow our prophet, we follow the example he set. And it doesn't matter what anyone else is saying. I get it. I wish all of this stuff was already done, too. But for some reason, it wasn't. And if you're here, it's because you're you're strong enough to to overcome um your uh your challenges right because without a foe a soldier never knows his strength so just wanted to reiterate that we follow our prophet you know if you're publicly displaying those flags make sure that it's done right forget what everybody else is doing okay so um you know he he insulated us he set our movement up to succeed unimpeded upon Matter of fact, they have to assist. But if we're not following protocol, they definitely aren't going to follow protocol. If you're out of line and you don't even know what you're supposed to do, you think they're going to come and help you and tell you, oh, no, this is what you're supposed to be doing. If you do that, then we're bound by the Constitution to help you. Yeah, right. If you don't even care enough to follow your prophet, you're on your own, right? So we we have to notice. And that's why I wanted to touch on that, because we all need to notice. Don't get caught up in what other people are doing, because some of these people know better. So um, marriage instructions for man and wife from the prophet. We're not with the ways of the Romans. It's for man and wife. So there's no confusion on that. Um, from an Islamic standpoint, marriage, right, is the cornerstone of the family. And then that's the only, um, that's the most important relationship, really, you know, as far as our communities are concerned, right? And for Islamic communities, like the community, the state, the nation, it all comes down to marriage, right? It's the cornerstone of all of that. And so if we can't, if we um, are unable to master this degree, we will always be in disarray. Our children will always be vulnerable and subject to programming, whatever the program is. We have to have our families intact, and marriage is the most important one. Um, going into the Quran of Mecca, as revealed to the Prophet Muhammad, Allah made for you mates from your own selves and appointed for you children and grandchildren from your mates, and we provided you with all the good things. What do they believe in falsehood while they deny the blessing of Allah, right? So this is a blessing of Allah, okay? We're made for each other. And then once again, it's not saying everybody has to get married. It's the only way to be happy. It's just saying that in our society, it's important. So even if I'm not married, I still respect marriage, honor it, right? We still know that it's something that we must protect. We must honor. And it's important. So just coming back in here. And another reason, too, wanted to speak on this, too, because the, the Moabitess and I are celebrating our um, 20th anniversary 
on the uh on the seventeenth. That's next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. So just wanted to speak on this. Um, this is like this is 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 something that's integral. Okay. And this is how our communities were able to be attacked and um to get to the state where we're at now. So coming in here to chapter 21, marriage instructions for man and wife from the noble prophet. Give ear, fair daughter of love, to the instructions of prudence. Prudence meaning care, caution, and good judgment, or as well as wisdom in looking ahead, wise or judicious. Um, also, to the instructions of prudence, that means to the lessons she has learned that are based on moral standard and good judgment. And it's giving her a warning that she learns good judgment from an early age, be it physical or spiritual lesson. All right. So um, moving, moving on. Um, give ear, right? Listen, fair daughter of love to the instructions of prudence and let the precepts, right? The rules or principles, precepts and rules or principles prescribing a particular course of action or con- um, conduct. Let the precepts of truth sink deep in thy heart. So shall the charms of thy mind, excuse me, so shall the charms of thy mind add luster to the elegance of thy form, speaking about the the body, the form, right, add luster to the, and the charms, when it's saying so shall the charms of thy mind, in the way that this way is used, um, charms is speaking about attractiveness, just in the manner that it's used in here. So shall the charms of thy mind add luster to, and, and luster's radiance, radiance of beauty, glory, distinction, right? Add luster to the elegance of thy form, right? So the, the attractiveness of thy mind, the, the charms of thy mind will add luster, radiance to the elegance of thy form, right? So taking it off of where the attention is being pushed now, for us, all of us, I, I was about to say for women, because it's, um, I guess, you know, I was about to say for young women, but I see women of all ages getting caught up in this, this push to, um, they call it enhancement, right? Body enhancement. It's not an enhancement, right? But doing this, this surgery, you know, these shots, these things that they're doing, and it's all about your body parts, Right. But this is telling you, you know, to the the you know to um to increase the luster, the elegance of thy form would be to to build your mind, right? To give prudence, right? The instructions of prudence, and let the precepts of truth sink deep in thy heart. So you're you're improving your your character, the quality of quality of your character. And that adds luster to the elegance of thy form and thy beauty. Like the rose it resembleth shall retain its sweetness when its bloom is withered. And so while in the world of the Romans, they're pushing things in the opposite direction, just to focus on your body. Not that that's a negative thing. Your, your body, you know, it's a 
your your body's a vehicle. We must take care of our bodies. We want to be healthy, but they're pushing all lower self desires to be sexually attractive, right? Just lower self desires, especially the way it's pumped to people. And so this doesn't affect just women. It affects men too, right? Women and men, everyone. And then it's being promoted to children because real people are out. It's, it used to be um, mostly people that they were well off and people maybe that were like in Hollywood that was getting plastic surgery. But now it's all types of people, right? Right. The bartender, the, you know, the, the person working at Walmart, they're getting, you know, shots and injections. Okay. And so the focus is now all about, you know, sexual energy. And, um, and these are things that no matter what you do, no matter how many surgeries you get, it's still going to wither, as it says here. It's still going to eventually, um, like wither, when you look at wither, that means shriveled up, dried up, shrunk, faded, wilted, whether it's a natural process or the result of exposure to heat or drought. So it's still going to wither. But this is saying, obviously, if you, inc- if you improve your character, the quality of your character, it shall retain its sweetness when its bloom is with it. Okay? You'll always be beautiful. Thy beauty will not wither away because you didn't, you weren't enhancing your body parts. You're enhancing your mind, your character. And so when it's saying give ear, you know, listen to this fair daughter of love, right? Remember in the, um, the marriage laws that's to be sent out to all the temples that we just read, right? The prophet is saying, when we, when we perform obligation ceremonies, chapter 21 is to be read to the woman, which is what we're reading right now. And then 22 is to be read to the husband, right? So remember, right? Fair daughter of love. You, you can't go with the way. So in the 1920s, you know, the women weren't getting plastic surgery. I'm sure there were some who were superficial and just concerned about looking sexy and provocative, right? But this is even more so prevalent now, because if I Google once again, pictures of our people in the 1920s, we're not going to see a bunch of women dressing provocatively. I'm sure there were some who did it, but they had a reputation. Okay. And that reputation now is, it's not the same, right? Um, It's not even looked down on anymore for people to, um, you know, dress provocatively and things of that nature, right? You had women, you know, covering their hair, right? Dressing, you know, wearing nice dresses, looking like women and looking, um, having dignity. The men too, wearing suits, even the children. Okay, and I know people back then used to dress up to take pictures, but people used to also dress up just to go to the store, just to go outside, right? Um, in, the, in the prophet's time, this is how people were walking around, our people, you know, looking sharp. That's what we used to say, looking sharp, just to go to the store. Whereas today, now people will go to the store in pajamas. And then, unfortunately, I saw somebody today with pants hanging down all the way, you know, <laughs> below his butt. And it's like, wow, there's no way a man would have did this in the 1920s. 
No way. So these instructions are for us. Yeah, it was for them then too, but it's for us now, right? We're the fourth and fifth generations. This is for us. And so this is even more prevalent now, more important now, whereas then, you know, you you didn't have the problem with women trying to just be provocative and that, you know, not saying that it didn't occur. It's just, it's more of a problem now and it's more prevalent. We really need this here and now in the present. So that's why he's saying, give ear fair daughter of love, right? In the spring of thy youth, in the morning of thy days. Okay, so in, in the spring of thy youth, it's saying like, well, spring is the first stage. That's the freshest period. So in the spring of thy youth is referring to the first or beginning stages of youth. And that's one of the most important times of life when people are more vulnerable and or naive as to what actually takes place in the world. Okay, so when the eyes of men gaze on thee with delight and nature whispereth in thine ear, the meaning of their looks, ah, hear with caution, their seducing words, guard heart, uh, excuse me, guard well thy heart, nor listen to their soft persuasions, right? And, and you know, when you're persuading, you persuade is to prevail on a person to do something as by advising or urging, right? So. This is this is advice that every man should be given to his daughter. Okay, so this this is um, unfortunately a problem that a lot of us aren't getting this advice from both of our parents. Maybe we're coming up in broken homes, so the prophet is assuming the role of all of our father. Okay, to give this advice to the men and the women. So let's uh, read on. Remember. Thou art made man's reasonable companion. We're, we're helpers. Um, women are supposed to be man's helper. Man is supposed to be woman's helper. Period. Like that's not, we're not just here, right? Not you're, you're man's reasonable companion, right? Not his slave. Reasonable. Not the slave of his passion. The end of thy being is not merely to gratify his loose desire. And in loose desire, loose desire, meaning like um, unrestrained desire or passions as of the carnal nature, lower instincts. And you got to think like, too, with what's being pushed, if women are getting injections and, you know, plastic surgery on their, you know, their uh, hindquarters and you know, on their breasts, right? Then it's like, it's, it's pushing everything in the wrong direction. It's like you're telling him, you're, you're just here to gratify his loose desire. Unrestrained desires or passions, right? No control over yourself. So this that's the opposite direction that we're here, I mean, that we're supposed to be going in. So this is just the remembrance, like you're whispering in her ear. Remember, thou art made man's reasonable companion, not the slave of his passion, right? Not to merely gratify his loose desire, but to assist him in the toils of life, right? It's not all on you to do everything and you out here having to do everything by yourself, even raise the children, right? We are both to assist each other, to help each other so that it's, it's not so hard all on him or hard on you right? So um, 
You're here to assist him, just like we're here to assist you, to soothe his heart with thy tenderness and recompense his care with soft endearments, right? Endearments, love, or affection, and um, recompense, reward. Reward his care, right? He cares for you. You reward his care with, um, with you know, with tenderness, with, with words expressing affection, right? Soothe his heart with thy tenderness. This is, you know, how we assist each other. We help each other. Um, all the work is not supposed to be on one person or the other. Um, who is she that winneth the heart of man that subdueth him, excuse me, to love? Subdueth means to conquer or subjugate, to bring under control. Okay. I, I wanted to talk on that too. Um, we probably won't finish this chapter since it's already 815, but um, just wanted to talk about this. Okay. Because, all right. There's like, there's a push in the, I guess you could say the mainstream society or in Rome to, to get us to switch roles or, or to not even know our strengths and weaknesses. Okay. So it's saying here, who is she that winneth the heart of man that subdueth him to love and reigneth in his breast? Okay. Reigneth meaning to predominate, be prevalent, to have control rule or influence of any kind so when it's saying and reigneth in his breath that implies that she is the only one for him beside her there is no other and subdueth him to love remember subdueth means to conquer or subjugate to bring under control so when she wins the heart of man you know a lot of us might not want to hear it but she's got some measure of control and not because she's bossing you around right she's dogging you out she's talking down to you she's putting you in your place she's more of a man than you she i wear the pants in here you know no she doesn't have to do that she can be a woman she can she can just go with along with her own nature whatever that means for her right and she doesn't have to worry about controlling them just by being you by you know by by going along with your own nature you subdue him to love. Now it's saying conquer, right? Subdueth means to conquer or subjugate, right? But remember, we're not enslaving each other, right? But that ultimately means to bring under control. You subdue him with love, with kindness, with tenderness, right? Not with constantly challenging. Head games, mind games, right? Battle of control, the battle of the sexes. You don't have to do all that. Right, just by going back up there, right? Um, tenderness, sweetness. That's how you 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 win, and you're actually in control. And everybody knows this, even though people don't speak about it. So, um, going back in here, right? Uh, lo, yonder she walketh in maiden sweetness, with innocence in her mind and modesty in on her cheek okay um excuse me meek um meaning showing patience and humility right oh not not meek hang on <laughs> sorry uh modesty 
modesty um once again is the opposite of what we're we're um what is promoted to us modesty is the quality of being modest freedom from vanity right egotism or showy extravagance right you don't have to be out here trying to draw this attention to you with you know that's like the opposite of what most people are doing on instagram or tiktok and all this stuff trying to get attention from everyone her hand seeketh employment her foot delighteth not in gadding abroad which everybody might not even have these issues but like if, if you're trying to get attention from all these people online um you're not going to subdue anybody okay it's not going to happen. You're not going to win anyone's heart that way. That's not how it works. You don't have to do that. She is clothed with neatness. Okay? Neat meaning um, orderly and clean condition. She is fed with temperance. Humility and meekness are as a crown of glory circling her head. Temperance is moderation and self-restraint. Right? It's basically self-control. Okay, and then once again, this is something that we both have to have. So if you're fed with temperance, right, you know, with self-control, then obviously you're not going to be out here dressing in a way or enhancing, which is the opposite. It's not enhancing anyone's body, but doing these things, this this trying to, you know, bring this type of attention to you, right? That that makes people look at you as if you're just a slave of their passion here to gratify their loose desire, right? Which no one is here to be. No one is. Okay? you're No one's here to merely satisfy someone's passions or desires, lower desires. And if we follow these instructions, on her tongue dwelleth music, the sweetness of honey floweth from her lips. Decency is in all her words, and her answers are mildness and truth. Okay, and um, you know, decency, modesty, good taste, right? Having morality standards, like you know, re- um, being responsible, you know, when you speak, right? Not just saying anything, being foul. These are things that you know almost come natural for us, the way many of us are raised. Um, submission and obedience are the lessons of her life, and peace and happiness are her reward. And in the state, sub, submission is the state of being submissive. Great bay. Islam. Oh, that's a... Join she, the meeting. Islam, brother. That's a Sheik Great Bay from uh, from Temple One in Chicago. Islam, brother. Islam? Islam. So uh, just going back here, submission and obedience are the lessons of her life and peace and happiness are her reward. Um. Okay, so when it's saying submission and obedience, this isn't something for the women to get all angry about, right? Because what did we just read up, up there in, in verse four? Who is she that winneth the heart of man, that subdueth him to love and reigneth in his breast? Subdueth him to love. We said subdueth uh, means to conquer or subjugate, to bring under control. And, and reigneth in his breast, that implies, right, that reigneth means to predominate, to to have control, rule, or influence of any kind, okay? So, like, if the men aren't over here whining about that, there's no reason for the ladies to be upset when it says submission. Because if you, you know, win the heart of man, you have you have influence, even control. 
So subdue submission, when it's saying submission and obedience are the lessons of life, that means being compliant and dutiful, you know, with the with um the the instructions that have been imparted to you, um working together with your husband. It doesn't mean submitting if he's in error, right? But if your husband's just and, and righteous in his ways, you know, you're working with him and submitting, you know, if he's leading the family, you're not fighting against him. And by doing this, peace and happiness are her reward. Peace and happiness. Okay. I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, let's go on. You know what? It's 820. Uh, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll stop it verse uh we'll stop it verse 20 so um well not not verse 20 we'll stop it verse 15 so before her steps walketh prudence and virtue attendeth at her right hand okay and just going back to prudence prudence here remember we're saying that Pardon that. Remember, we're saying prudence. Those are the the lessons that she's learned. They're based on moral standard and good judge, good judgment, right? So, um, before her steps walketh prudence, right? Good judgment and virtue attendeth at her right hand. All right. So, virtue is moral excellence and righteousness, goodness. Um. And it's saying before her steps walketh prudence and virtue attendeth at her right hand. Her eye speaketh softness and love, but discretion with the scepter sitteth on her brow, right? So even though you're speaking, you know, you know, love and softness, it's implying that you're, it doesn't mean that you're um, naive, right? Discretion with the scepter sitteth on her brow right so um that's and the discretion is the power or the right to act to decide or to act on one's own judgment so even though you know you're speaking softness and love you're still you're not naive no one thinks you're naive right you're just going along with your own nature you don't have to be out here trying to be like me or trying to be like some other man we don't have to do that because if you're playing your role, what are your rewards? Peace and happiness. Same for me. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. If you're trying to do my part, maybe because I'm not in the picture, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. You know, if I'm, obviously, if I'm trying to do, um, play your role, it's not going to work out for me. So if we all play our role, success is guaranteed. And really, this is what it's doing. It's um, in many ways, it's telling us, you know, how to go along with our own nature. Also, what to watch out for. But it's telling us how to go along with our own nature because we've gotten away from it, right? We got away from this. And then you don't even want to see a picture of so-called African-Americans in the 2020s. I don't even know what's going to happen if I type that, you know? You have dudes with like red, green, and purple dreadlocks and sagging their pants. I don't know. It's going to be crazy. 
or maybe it'll be a bunch of celebrities or something. But it's not going to look like this. Like, this is respectable, right? Even a little baby, you know, is dressed nice, neatly. Everyone, you you can see, like, if you just look through this, you'll see pictures of children, you know, the little boys with the suits, the girls had the dresses on. And remember, people did this anytime they left the house. They didn't go out looking um, like they were homeless or something like that. They didn't go out looking trashy. You know, look at the men. Okay? We have respect and dignity. So, and I'm just showing this to say that a lot of these instructions, even though they could have applied to our people back then, they really apply to us right here and now. The prophet was speaking to us a hundred years later. They weren't even born yet. Okay, because he didn't really have to tell women how to be women back then and men how to be men. Now you have men wearing purses. Right? Pants tighter than their girlfriends, and they got a little purse. And I mean, come on. It's all types of foolishness going on. So uh let's just read a few more. Um the tongue of the licentious is dumb in her presence. The awe of her virtue keepeth him silent. So the licentious is sexually unrestrained, unrestrained by law or general morality. So we're talking about lawless and more sexually unrestrained, especially. So the tongue of the, the sexually unrestrained is dumb in her presence. And that's like, that's how a lot of our people talk, especially um, like the more hood you are, right? The, the um, We have a lot of people you know, because it's cool and it's seen as acceptable now, whereas like pulling up those pictures from the 1920s, it wasn't okay to just walk around um, speaking in a foul manner, right? Especially speaking about sexuality. People do it now, even in the presence of children and don't even care. And it just, foul. I mean, if you listen to the music, right? So if you're not listening to the music of today, like the this you know playing even on the radio like the radio there's a lot of things that would have been censored in the 90s that now you can say it'll just play without any um anything being bleeped out or censored so it's okay it's okay now it's socially acceptable in the world of the romans so the tongue of the licentious though sexually unrestrained is dumb in her presence that means they just know People that are foul and savage automatically know by the way that she carries herself. Oh, I'm not going to just comment on her, her breast, say something sexually perverse to her. They know automatically just by the aura, the aura, A-U, <laughs> A-U-O-R-A, aura, just by your aura, your presence, they know not to talk like that around you, right? The awe of her virtue keepeth him silent. So the licentious, those without any restraint, they know, hey, don't talk around her. You know, don't don't talk like that around her. But they're not going to feel like that if, you know, we're with the, um, you know, enhancing the body parts and all that stupid mess. They, they're not going to respect you. Okay, so once again, these are like instructions from the father to his daughter. The prophet is assuming the role of all of our father. So he has instructions for his for the men, his sons, and for the women, his daughters. He's like, lady, you know, daughter. <laughs> what what does he call the women? In, in chapter verse one, it, um, he says, Give ear, fair daughter of love. Right? This is how you talk to your daughter, right? Fair daughter of love. Listen to this. 
So, so you, if these men, they know even these sexually unrestrained know to be quiet, dumb, meaning silent, right? Deaf, dumb, and blind, dumb, they can't talk because they don't have sexual restraint. So they just shut up when you're around because they know that they're too foul to speak around you. When scandal is busy and the fame of her neighbors is tossed from tongue to tongue, if charity and good nature open not her mouth, the finger of silence resteth on her lip. No gossiping, no spreading the bad news. Her breast is the mansion of goodness and therefore she sus suspecteth no evil of others. Happy were the man that should make her his wife. Happy the child that should call her mother. All right. Uh, she presideth in the house and there is peace. She commandeth with, ju with judgment and is obeyed. Presideth meaning um, exercises authority or control over rules. Okay, that's what presideth mean, right? So when a judge, the magistrate enters the courtroom, he presides over the courtroom, right? So she presided in the house, meaning exercise authority or control over her rules. All right. So, she, you know, even though the man's the head of the household and leading, right, she has her role too. She's right there next to him. And so there's no, you know, slavery to each other. And she commands with judgment, but she doesn't command by having to down or, or to fight or, you know, that's not it, right? And then she commanded with, with judgment and is actually obeyed, obeyed. She's listened to. People are obedient to her. And she doesn't have to curse everybody out and talk to everybody like dogs, okay? Um, I'm going to stop there. Uh, let's see, uh, she great... Uh, uh, Great Bay, excuse me. Do you have anything you would like to add? We were reading from chapter 21, speaking about marriage instructions from man and wife from the noble prophet. Islam, brother, if you uh, have anything to share, feel free. I yield the floor. Islam, no, you you just explaining how I deal with my mobile. That's that's how I deal with my mobile. When she commandeth, I obey. Islam. Go on, go on get it in, brother. Islam. Islam. And so it this is to be read to the um wife at the marriage. You know, these instructions also apply to us as well, right? As the brother said. So if if our wife commands us and we obey, um we will be prosperous. We will be happy. Right? And if we don't, it's Islam. gonna lead to, you know, misery. It's gonna make things harder on us. Right. So that, you know, but we also we have our roles to play um, Islam. So um, I want to um, that's that's all that I had to say today. But I just want to open the floor up and um, just anybody that has any questions, any comments, feel free to speak, share your piece. Anybody want to demonstrate, feel free to speak Islam, especially want to hear from the, some of the people in here that's married, you know, that, you know, that have been married. Please share anything, any insight. Islam. I'm not trying to put anyone on the spot, but feel free to share. Islam. I rise and give praise to the great God Allah, the great God Allah and the prophet Noble Drew Ali. I wanted to share a few things before I had gotten to the Moorish Science Temple of America. I was married, maybe going on 14 years. 
I've been studying more science, I want to say maybe about seven, going on eight years. And before then, it was probably a half our marriage ago. Well, when I was actually under the not knowing of the black Negro color, and even when studying a little bit of nation Islam, they predominantly say black, not to talk about nation Islam or anything. But in the marriage aspect of it, I know if you go through what the prophet, the Quran, and how when you go through those instructions, and you really walk through any of these teachings of the prophet, if you walk through them, and especially with the marriage, if you walk through them, you will see how it works, and you will see the understanding of it. You know, a lot of us, we just read things or we'll see some, something else and we'll make it seem like we're walking through it versus the prophet giving the instructions to walk through. So in the marriage instruction, you know, you're on a point grant sheet. Yeah, it, the only thing I can add to it is I could see the difference walking as a more versus seeing the difference is walking through it as black. And it makes a lot more sense, and especially if your partner is on the same page. Islam. Islam, brother. Islam and gratitude. And you know, just to add to what you were saying, like um, you know, yeah, we not um teaching um um lessons from the nation of Islam, but I see how um when the honorable Elijah Muhammad was teaching about the science of mating, right? He he's basically just showing how important these marriage instructions are, right? Because when the um when the Europeans, um, when they were able to break our families down, right, they made sure that we did not practice the science of mating, because if we did this properly, eventually, we would produce the, the, the children, the, the generations that would free us from the grip that they had us in, right? And if eventually, we would come to challenge their rulership over us and over the entire planet. And that's why they made sure that we don't understand it. There's a science to mating and, and marriage instructions and that you have a prophet, you know, and he gave you marriage instructions, right? And so regardless of what's being pumped right now, if we adhere to this and we make sure that our children know that this is our culture and this is important, it doesn't matter what anyone, what other goofball, corny um, fad is becoming popular it doesn't matter what's being taught to our children via schools via um media whether it's movies tv youtube whatever it doesn't matter what's going on we have our own culture that will keep us protected and that will allow us to prosper and will allow us to overcome all of these challenges so everything they throwing at us they throwing all these things at us but it ain't gonna work right? This, this, if you follow these instructions, you're not looking at the Kardashians, right? Because it seems like they started doing all the plastic surgery, and now everybody's doing it. That, that won't affect us because we're protected. We have divine instructions that ensure our success, regardless of it, make it so that we can overcome all of these challenges. Some of them are just easy to overcome, but we have to adhere to it. Islam, I see you, brother uh, Shah Bey. Islam, I yield the floor. Islam, I give perfect praises to Allah, honest to the Prophet, honest to all you Moors on this call. This is a very interesting subject um, due to the fact that I am fresh in a new relationship. Um, 
with the Moabitess sister, and she is understanding of my position as a Moor that I don't, you know, I don't refrain to anything that is of the Negro state. And I don't know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little difficult because we're trying to more so like, uh, we're like, we're in this on the level of compromising with one another. And a lot of these instructions I'm getting more clear on as far as how to, you know, go about this and being able to have her really, you know, kind of see the light in the Moore Science Temple of America and the instructions of Prophet Nobudrali. Um, however, it's very difficult because not a lot of sisters nowadays that are between the ages of 18 and 35, you know, are they're not really valuing um, themselves because they, they were in a past relationship that they weren't valued in, or it would be like, I would say like a, broken promises you know a lot of broken promises and I just you know I just wanted to kind of reiterate or you know kind of I don't know just I I need I need some counseling honestly we need some counseling I wish I hope that uh you know we can kind of you know talk more or less um you know privately about this subject maybe bring her along um maybe have a call or something but it's, all of these instructions are very valuable to uh, the youth and marriage instructions, you know, things of that nature. Um, I yield the floor for some love. Happy Holy Day. Islam, brother. Hey. Islam. Oh, Islam. Gratitude, brother. Um, Islam, Sheik, did you want to add something? Islam. Islam, yes, I do. Islam. All praises are due to Allah. Honors to his illustrious prophet, Noble Juali. Honors to the harbinger of the movement, the John the Baptist of the movement, Marcus Mosiah Garvey. Honors to the first appointed Supreme Grand Sheik of the movement, Emilio. And what I wanted to add to, and honors to you more, honors to you more for Invite me and let me come in, y'all meet. And honest, Allah knows best. Allah is the best of planners. I want to tell you more. The prophet said, take this and get your house in order. And it did for me. I've been with my mobile. How long have we been together? About 22 years. And uh, this up here in the Mecca. All white across from White Sox over here on uh, King Drive, you know, can't with you know, uh, Von did his video right up on our window. But Islam, what these instructions will set your house right. I bear witness, Islam, I yield the flow. Islam, Islam, she can gratitude. Islam, she gratitude for sure. Islam, so yeah, definitely. This is how we set our house in order. This is how we build the nation. Um, this is why, like, when man and woman come together, 
we don't come together just to date, just to play around. We come together to get married because we're building a nation. Um, Act one, I mean, the divine constitution is up here. What, what does it say in act one? It says the grand sheik and chairman of the Morris Science Temple of America is empowered to make law and enforce laws. The husband and wife, all right, in the household, that's the grand sheik and chairman. You know why? Because in chapter 21, when you're speaking about the woman, the wife, it says she presideth in the house and there is peace. She commandeth with judgment and is obeyed. Who's the presiding officer? It's the chairman. All right. In 21, it says she is the mistress um, of thy house. Treat her, therefore, with respect that thy servants may obey her. Okay. So that's once again, the ideal Moabitess presides over the house and she is the mistress of the house. A mistress is because we thinking on the lower level, mistress, that's the woman on the side. No, mistress is someone who has gained mastery over certain areas of expertise. That's a governor. Okay. So she appointed to everyone their proper duties, even the husband. And this is how we, we, we can't have a nation if we can't even have a household. Islam. It's not going to work. So this is, and that's why I keep showing those pictures from the 1920s, just to say like, it's, it was, they didn't have the same problems that we have now, right? They have more households intact. And so this isn't to say your household has to be, you know, husband and wife and children and everything. This is just saying that we have to, we have to pass this on to our children. We have to fix this. This is the only way to actually get the nation intact. We, you know, they didn't even have those problems back then. You know, it got worse. It got to the point where we're at now. So, um, you know, we, Islam. yeah, these lessons really hit now for us. Islam, she. Islam, may I add? The prophet said, I'm going to leave them, the European in power long enough to show y'all how to run the government. Islam. Islam. Governing your household. Islam. I yield the flow more. Islam. And so it, it, you know, it starts and it ends with our own households. Okay. And, you know, that's, that's something that can't, can't be left out. All right. We, we have to understand this so that we can also show the importance of this to our children so that they, you know, they, they um, don't get caught up in um, the ways of the Romans, you know, that's being pushed hard and heavy right now. Right. But remember that, you know, the challenges, you know, they're not going to overcome us. They're only here because without a foe, a soldier never knows his strength. Right. We're so powerful that everything is being up to the next level. They're pushing everything at us. Right. <laughs> and it's only because, we that strong. So um let's let's go ahead and do this. And we, we must adhere to these divine instructions. Um I, I didn't really have anything else to share, but once again, just want to open the floor up. If anyone else has any um questions or anything you would like to demonstrate, feel free to speak. I see you, sister Islam. Islam, happy holiday, Muslims. First and foremost, I like to rise and give perfect praise. To our Father God Allah, honors to his prophet, Noble Drew Ali, honors to everything Moorish, honors to all you Muslims on the call and in attendance. Um, I'd like to add a little bit to the demonstration 
and Islam, I'm going to be brief. I know all the more is ready to turn in for the evening, but um, we are going on our 20th anniversary of being married, Islam, and and you know we it was a growing process, Islam. Um, we have to understand that who we were two, three, four, five years ago is not who we are today. And we have to understand that when we are in a union, a union that we are going to bump heads and not see eye to eye sometimes, but we also have to understand these teachings are here to teach us to love instead of hate to have unconditional love for each other. And as we grow and become strong in our character, when we learn our nature, we then understand to take care and cherish each other a lot more, to have respect. It's all about respect and boundaries. You have to know when to stop pushing sometimes so that you don't escalate or, you know, get into an argument and stuff like that. You have to love each other enough to know when to stop pushing and to back off and let, you know, let the other person, you know, kind of meditate, you know, and grow on their own sometimes because, you know, the prophet said, take these lessons and save yourself. So we have to be the example, Islam. We can't always look to our mate for our happiness. Our happiness has to come from the oneness with Allah. So it has to come from within us. And a lot of people make those mistakes when they are in relationships where they are draining the, their mates because they look into them for their ultimate happiness. But that is not ideal because once you start learning who you are and you choose to be happy and you choose to walk in the spirit of gratitude, you then are able to add your happiness to your mate's happiness instead of trying to take from them to, to be happy yourself, Islam, if that makes sense. So um, we have to learn that we are all on our own assignment and together as a team it's going to be beautiful if if we understand our positions on the team okay we can't have the woman taking the role of the man and vice versa because it's not going to roll right <laughs> because th that's not in our nature so these lessons that the prophet gave us is teaching us our positions. So yes, as a mother, I am the governor of my house. My husband is more like the mayor of our house, Islam. Islam, so I create the law because I run the household. And he enforces the law and makes sure everybody is walking in alignment with those laws that we put down in our household. And then we're able to, you know, have peace. But if it's all on one person, the burden is too heavy to bear. And so, yes, you're going to have anger, grief, you know, you're going to have, you know, tiredness. 
when people are tired, they get very irritable, you know, and lash out. So you have to, you have to understand and study each other and know when you're supposed to step in to assist and when you're supposed to step back. Islam, I yield the floor. Islam. All right. Islam, gratitude, sister. Uh, does anybody else have anything they would like to share and want to demonstrate? Islam. 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 I just got a question. This sheet gray bay. What time is it where y'all at? It is it's almost 845. Oh, I'm on. Y'all are hour ahead of Yes. Yes, yeah, 850. Islam. My bad. Islam. <laughs> Islam. All right, brother. Uh, Sister Kobe, did you have something you would like to share? Yes, brother Douglas L. Um, one thing that I've um, noticed about being married as long as I have, um, it takes patience. Um, you are gravitating um, in a space with a whole another individual who has another thought process that's different than you. Um, people work and they, uh, they live in a whole nother world than you do um, in a daily basis. Um, me and Jason, we are two different people. We think differently. We grew up differently. We come from different backgrounds. Um, and it takes patience in order to deal with your spouse because you don't know how they woke up. You don't know how they slept. You don't know how they feel. You don't know what's going on throughout that person's daily day. So you have to have patience when you speak to your mate. You have to have patience when you deal with your mate. Because as we know as women, men don't always, they're not forthright with the way that they feel. They may not feel comfortable being um, forthcoming with certain things. So you have to be certain, you have to be careful with certain things that you say to your mate. You have to be patient. You have to approach certain conversations with tact. Um, and you being with that person for a certain amount of time, you have to pick up on certain body language, certain cues. Um, and, you know, I always believe, especially too, um, when you're comfortable in your own skin and you're comfortable with yourself, it makes it easier to be comfortable in a space with your mate so you can have those easy and those not so easy conversations because, you know, there's no boundaries. You know, it's easy to shed that skin around that person because you're kind of moving in one cadence because, you know, there's no wall up. Um, you know, I think that's just kind of the way that I've dealt with it. And we've been together for so long. I've been knowing Jason since I've been 12. Um, so at this point, it's like kind of second skin at this point. You know, we've gotten through some pretty rough times. Um, and I know like Drew and Lloyd, we've been together for a long time. So you've been through that seven-year itch and, you know, those first three, four years where it seems like, you know, half the time you feel like you want to pull each other's hair out. But once you get through that first hump, you know, it gets easier to communicate. It gets easier to talk to your mate. Your mate becomes, you know, like one, you can communicate about the finances. You can communicate about where the kids are going to school. You can communicate about vacations and the other things because all of the hard things, you know, we've dealt with that. You know, now we're on to being partners, friends, you know, we're on to moving on to the different things. Um, so that's just all I wanted to say. You know, marriage can be really beautiful. Um, it's not as scary as a lot of people try to throw that out there on the internet. It can be really beautiful when you find that person 
that, you know, it's kind of like your friend and you get to go out and enjoy these things and have fun and laugh and, you know, all the other stuff. It can be really beautiful when you find that person. Um, Islam, I yield the floor. Islam. Islam, sister, and gratitude for sharing Islam. And, um, you know, as uh, the prophet said in chapter 45, the fallen sons and daughters of the Asiatic nations of North America need to learn to love instead of hate. And then after that, it says, and to know their higher and lower self. This is the uniting of the Holy Quran of Mecca, right? For the teaching and instructing all Moorish Americans, ETC. So learning to love instead of hate, that's not even necessarily just saying, oh, we need to love everybody. Even though that, you know, it does mean that in some ways, you know, to to just to express love in general, but also to to love, to learn to love instead of hate. Love, like the sister was just saying, to love ourselves and then our mates, right? To be able to love instead of hate and to, to have patience. Like when, when you're dealing with someone, like you really love your child, they can't do something right. You, you don't just hate them, right? They might even be talking back to you disrespectful. You don't immediately go get, the switch and start seem like they used to do that to us when we were younger like we, we used to get get our butts whooped but you don't just immediately go get to whooping their butt <laughs> you know you 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 have to exercise patience right and, and let them learn and, and still love anyway and so even with our mates we have to do that and, and the society is pushing us in the direction where it's like look it's hard just give up just go on right and that's what you do if you don't have any love you have no, no ties that bind you together. You can just walk away just like that, right? But we need to learn to love instead of hate. And so we are patient with each other. And, and when we can do this, then we can actually truly know our true selves, who we truly are, right? Because to express love and patience with the whole, like you were saying, a whole other being who has their own you know, wishes and dreams and desires and everything to express patience with each other and, and to work with each other, you know, even though we want to do different things, you know, this this helps us grow to a whole entire other capacity, you know, and it expands our mind and, and it can be a beautiful thing. And so this is like, this is why, you know, we're being um, taught to go back in this direction to, you know, to to love each other and to um to work together and to build our nation this is how we build it islam um, i want to go ahead and open up the floor does anyone else have any questions or any anything you'd like to share now i want to now without further ado we're going to go into the closing of the meeting right we don't have any other readings uh all meetings are to be open and closed promptly according to the circle seven in love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Everyone who is able to please rise and face the east for the closing prayer. Stand with our heels together, feet at a 45 degree angle, holding up two fingers on the right and five on the left. You do not need to repeat after me. Allah, bind our hearts and minds back to our ancient forefathers, divine creed and principles. We ask this in our holy name and the seven Elohim. Amen. Islam Moors, happy holy day. This meeting is now adjourned. Islam. Praise Allah. Happy holy day. Islam, my friends. Happy holy day.
Peace. Happy holiday, family. Yeah.